Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out as we are all still in quarantine. Jarrett Bailey, Kurt Hamas are with you. Kurt, how you doing today, bud? I am doing just fine, my friend, the same that I was uh, when we recorded a little bit ago because nothing has changed. Nothing has changed at all. I've been stuck at home, and uh, we're staying healthy, and that is all that matters, my friend. That's true, and we've also always got a healthy dose of NFL coverage to talk about. And joining us today, Matt Verderama, fan-sided. Matt, how are you doing? I'm great, guys. Inside, like you. <laughs> That's good to hear. So where are, you, where are you located at? I'm located uh, about an hour outside of Chicago. Work out of Chicago, traveling. So uh, j- just on the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. Gotcha. So I don't know the uh, all of the stay-at-home orders there. Is how, how strict has it been there for you? It's pretty strict. Um, I grew up in New York, so all my family and friends are under, like, complete mm. quarantine. Uh, <laughs> out here, it, they just reopened the parks. Um, but most retail places, you have to, you know, drive up, get stuff like right. that. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty strict because we're pretty close to Chicago, and Chicago mm-hmm. walked out pretty good. Fan, uh, masks are becoming the new, uh, the new style piece nowadays. So you know, I got my Bills uh, mask on every time I go outside. <laughs> hey, it's not bad. I, my wife's a nurse, so I just walk around with a surgical mask. I look more important than I am. Well, you oh, your wife is a hero in the midst of all of this, then, yes, and hopefully she knows that. So, oh. t- tip of the cap to her. Thank you. Yeah, she, uh, her work is always a lot more important than mine, but certainly right now about a thousandfold. So, yeah. <laughs> that is true. So, besides that, we do have NFL news to discuss, and I wanted to get into schedule stuff, which we will do, but a story arose today that uh, in, on the day of the 2018 draft or around that time, apparently Seattle was considering trading Russell Wilson to Cleveland for the number one overall pick. What's the validity behind that that you're hearing? and where did this kind of come from? Why was it reported today, you know, two years after the case? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't hear anything about that until it came out literally in the last 24 hours. I, you know, I, I think stuff like that kind of has an urban legend feel to it. You know, sometimes, it, you know, maybe Cleveland called Seattle and said, hey, would you do the number one pick for Russell Wilson? They went, no, of course not. Right. And then yeah. Years later, it comes out like, yeah, they talked about it. <laughs> well, technically, yeah, they talked about it, but it was never going to actually happen, right? I think you know, Seattle's in the midst of having a great run, the best run they've had in the history of the franchise. Won a Super Bowl, went to two. They're, they're competitive for one every year. Miles Garrett's a terrific player. But if, if you don't have a quarterback with Miles Garrett, well, you're Cleveland, right? So I don't think, I don't think the Seahawks uh, were ever really going to do that. But, you know, who knows? It's a loss to history. It's an interesting point because, I mean, like you said, Seattle's kind of been they, – they've been – like you said, they went. They won the Super Bowl. They went to another Super Bowl. I mean, to change the dynamic and then have Cleveland have Russell Wilson. I mean, I don't, maybe people are just kind of grasping at straws right now because there's nothing else to talk about. Maybe people yeah. are just like you said. 
they talk, Cleveland called and said, and they said, absolutely not. Um, so I don't know. I think maybe people are just coming up with stories. Maybe not nowadays. Um, I can't imagine. I mean, if you're Seattle, it's, it, I mean, it's basically just Miles Garrett for, for Russell Wilson. I don't think I would do that, him coming out, because even if he's a great defensive player, like you said, they have no quarterback. So I, I think it's just – it would be – it would have been a bad move, but it is kind of fun to talk about. It is – Well, if it, if it was the 2018 draft, wouldn't that mean that that would have been the draft with, with Baker, with, with those power five quarterbacks that were coming out, or is that – I think you're right, but, you know, okay, so, yes. And even so, if you're that, like, do you want Baker Mayfield, even with the potential? Like, you obviously, at that point, you don't know what he is. Right. But do you want him, or a lot of people thought Sam Darnold was going to be the number one pick that year. Yeah. Like, do you want those guys over Russell Wilson? Like, Russell Wilson then and now is a top five quarterback, mm-hmm. maybe top three. Like, I, I just think, look, it's like back in 1983 when that great quarterback class came out with Elway and Marino and Kelly and so on and so forth. And, like, teams were vying to get Elway. And there was a little bit of talk with the Niners that proved to be real. Like, they were willing to trade Joe Montana to get up there to get number one. And really? all the people else just said, look, I just can't do it. Like, <laughs> I just can't. I wonder how much of that is Schneider maybe really liking one of those quarterbacks. And then going, you know, I, I just – I can't. Like, in practicality, trading my entire franchise on a lottery ticket – Right. It's, just, it's just something I'm it's, it's a bridge too far I'm not willing to do it right and, to, and today it comes out that you know there were reports that maybe they were interested in signing Cam Newton which I, I get a little bit I mean wanting to have a good backup but Russell Wilson hasn't really missed a lot of games I don't think he's missed a start yet in his, in his career if no, I'm not mistaken yeah. so I don't really get the point of wanting to bring Cam in Unless they – I'm starting to, to get the sense that, one, I think Russell Wilson's underappreciated, not just by the NFL, but by the Seahawks in general. And they're not coming out and crushing any of these these rumors. So what's up with, you know, just the, the Russell Wilson in-house just not being loved? Yeah, I get – you know what? I think, look, if you're the Seahawks, you're right. Like, he's never missed a start, but eventually there's a first time for everything. Like, he might miss a month next year. He might have his ankle <laughs> rolled up on. Something might happen. And right now they have no backup. Like, they don't have anybody that they got to come in for a month to see Hawks feel good about. And I think, look, the, the Newton thing's interesting because when Jameis Winston signed for what he signed for in New Orleans, I think a lot of people in the NFL kind of looked at it and went, really? Well, if we can get Cam Newton anywhere near that for a backup, that'd be fantastic because we, if he's healthy, we have a top 15 quarterback as our backup. And the other thing with Seattle is Wilson plays a similar style of ball to Newton. I mean, Newton's a little bit more of a freelancer than Wilson, but – both guys are athletic and get out of the pocket. They can also play within structure. So I think if you're the Seahawks, it makes sense. Now, if you're Russell Wilson, you've got a Cam Newton behind you. Maybe you're comfortable enough in, in your own skin that you don't care. Maybe you go to John Schneider and say, look, I, I don't need a guy who's a former MVP sitting behind me. Um, but I get it if you're Seattle. Now, if you're Cam, that is that worth the move? I, I don't think it is because of what you said. He's, you know, Wilson never gets hurt. Like, if I'm Cam Newton, even if you go to a team that stinks for one year, I'm going to a team where I think eventually I can get on the field. I'll give you a spot I think you should go to uh, if they have interest is Buffalo. I think Buffalo makes a lot of sense, and here's why. Buffalo's a good team. They don't have a backup that really you feel good about behind Josh Allen. Brandon Bean and McDermott came from Carolina. They know Cam Newton. Right. Cam Newton plays a lot like Josh Allen. I, I think – that would make a lot of sense. I'm not – look, Allen's a guy, no question. I'm not saying that, that Newton would go in there and replace him. But I think he would be an ideal fit behind Allen. And Allen plays a style that 
Well, he might get hurt one day. I mean, he's just right. a very, very right. physical, you know, get downfield at all costs type of player. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll give you my take on that because I, I see that all over Bill's Twitter is, should we bring in Cam Newton as a backup? Because right now you got Matt Barkley, who's only got one year left on his deal. It's Matt Barkley. You know what you're going to get. You draft Jake Fromm in the fifth round. You don't really know what you're going to get there. But still, the only thing I have about bringing in Cam Newton as a backup in Buffalo is I, I know Bills fans, including myself, Josh Allen throws one ball 10 yep. yards over his head. Everybody's calling for Cam Newton to come in. Everybody's calling. Josh Allen's constantly looking over his shoulder saying, I need to be perfect or else everybody's going to hate me and want Cam Newton to come in. So, I mean, I love Josh Allen. I think he is the guy. Jerry, you can attest to that. But um, I, I think Cam Newton, I mean, I don't know. what We, we can discuss your other teams that, that we think that he should land. I think maybe a good spot for him is possibly Miami because you have Tua now. You, you start Cam for maybe one year because I don't think Tua should start right away. Start Cam for maybe one year. They got some good pieces around him. Maybe possibly – make a run for a wild card spot you never know but uh i don't know jared what what are some teams that you think uh cam could possibly land in uh i think matt just convinced me he should go to buffalo <laughs> <laughs> but no i get why uh it would be bad if he does go to buffalo for josh allen but you could convince me that cam newton's the better quarterback than josh allen so i think that would be detrimental to josh to josh allen's season if he does yeah. go to buffalo because even after you know missing the pretty much the entire year with the injury I would, if I had to pick one right now to win a game for me, I'd probably pick Cam. Uh, there's a lot of talk on Steelers Twitter how he should go there and back up Ben. I would love that. Uh, one, I don't know if Ben's going to be healthy all year long. As much as I love, as much as a Steeler fan that I am, I love Ben. He's been my quarterback since my kindergarten year. He's 38. He just came off Tommy John. I don't know if his arm's going to hold up. He usually is going to go down with some sort of ankle or knee throughout the year. He's not. At 38, I'm not going to bet him to play all 16 games, nor am I going to bet them to, to win any games that he misses with either Duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph because I saw with that how that went last year. It's not good. No, it's not. So, it's not so I, if they could get Cam on a, a friendly deal the way that Jameis went to New Orleans on a friendly deal, um, and even that, we don't know if Ben's going to even be back after this year. So yep. a perfect situation for Cam, they bring him in on a two-year deal maybe, Ben plays one more year. They have a solid run. He decides to hang it up. And then Cam gets the team for a year and says, hey, if you play well enough, we'll give you a long-term deal. We'll keep you here. If not, we'll look elsewhere. I think that Pittsburgh is a good spot for Cam. And the fact that Steelers Twitter was clamoring to bring in uh, Jameis Winston, thanks to Andrew Filippioni. Thank you so much for that. I had to listen to that from Steelers fans for over a month. Uh, if you want to bring in Jameis Winston, then there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't want to bring in Cam Newton. I agree. I mean, look, I, Winston was fascinating because the guy throws for 5,000 yards, and now he's back a quarterback on a cheap deal. Like, that. well, that's what yeah. 30 interceptions will do for you. Yeah. But it is, it is fascinating. Look, I, I agree with you. I think Pittsburgh would be an interesting spot. I think there's a lot of teams that would make some sense. I mean, Houston's mm. a team that I look at. So, could they have A.J. McCarron as a backup? He's a decent backup. But, like, Deshaun Watson gets sacked 60 times a year. Like, at some point, right. he's not getting up from one of those sacks. Like, if, you, right. if you're Houston, you want Cam Newton or A.J. McCarron backing right. him up. Like, I, I know who I want. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, th there are a lot of teams that I think make sense. Like, I look at a team like Denver and say, okay, great. Drew Locke is your guy. That's fine. Who's behind him? Joe Flacco? Yeah. Like, you're they let Flacco like, walk, too, I think. <laughs> I believe so, yeah. I think they let, let Flacco walk, so. Yeah. So, like, I mean – 
you know, with, without a, a viable backup in Denver, I'm looking at, at them and saying, you know, that makes it, there's a lot of teams that make sense for him. Mm-hmm. I think the question becomes, where does he fit in where A, he wants to go, right. and B, beyond that, where does he go that he feels like, look, if I get a shot, I can make myself look good. Like Jacksonville, to me, makes a ton of sense. The problem is Jacksonville's terrible, yep. right? So like, if he <laughs> plays in Jacksonville, he might look awful. In Jacksonville, they, they, they just have no weapons. Whereas I look at, like, I mentioned Buffalo. You know, if, if something happens, he plays a month in Buffalo. Like, that team's good around it. They've got a great defense. They can run the ball. They've got a good line. they got real weapons. Like, that team, like, that's a scary team if, yep. if the quarterback's playing well. So, look, I, I think, you know, I mean, Washington's an obvious team, although they, they went and got Kyle Allen. So, I don't know that that's really an option <laughs> for me anymore. Um but look, he's the last guy out there. I mean, Dalton signed, Winston signed. You're not excited about any other free agent quarterback. So it, maybe he waits it out. Maybe he waits into camp and he sees if somebody gets hurt. I mean, that's yep. another option. And I think that's probably his best opportunity because as much as, you know, he's better than any quarterback on the Jaguars or Patriots roster, both those teams aren't trying to win anything this year. I think they're both going into, you know, looking at this year as we'll build with what we've got. We'll try to win games. We'll try to be competitive. But in all likelihood, we're going to win between, you know, three games for Jacksonville, three to four. And if you're New England, probably around five or six. I think that they're both of them want a quarterback next year. I don't think that bringing in Cam would be in their best interest because he would give them a better chance to win. Right, right. And I don't think that's what they're necessarily trying to do. So I think it, it comes down to maybe kind of the Sam Bradford effect from a few years ago when he was in Philadelphia. Teddy goes down, they trade for Bradford, and then Carson Wentz becomes a starter in Philadelphia yeah. right away. So I think, I mean, Cam said it, he'll wait. And, you know, there's always going to be injuries to the quarterback position. Um, and I think he's got no problem waiting um, to see where his options may come from. I still think – the and this won't happen, I, I don't believe, at this point for a variety of reasons. But I still think the Raiders should have went after Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Well, now, that would have been interesting because I, I thought that – I thought they were going to be one of uh, kind of a dark horse team to trade up into the top five and take either yep. Herbert or Tua. I – Look, it was the worst-kept secret in football last year, being at the senior ball at the Combine, that they loved Kyler Murray. And I think if they could have gotten a trade-up for him, they would have taken him. So, they're not, they're not in love with Carr. They don't particularly hide that's, that. That's clear. Yeah. So, you look at it and say, all right, I agree with you. I thought, you know, I wrote about it a bunch of times. They had the, I think the 12th and the 19th overall picks. I thought they'd package those picks and get into the top five and try to get to her, try to get her. Then they didn't do it. Or at least they weren't able to do it. But I, I look at them and say – you know, I've had so many Raider fans say to me, we have, we have Derek Carr and we have Marcus Mariota. Okay, great. And, and what are you winning with either one of those guys? Yeah. You're in a division with Patrick Mahomes. You're not winning anything. Exactly. Do you think the Chiefs are worried about Derek Carr? <laughs> I mean, they just don't care. Like, Derek Carr scored 19 points in two games against them last year. The Chiefs scored 28 points in the second quarter the first time they played each other. Like, they just – look, if you're in that division, that's why I brought up Denver as well as a spot for Newton as a backup. But – you need to have a quarterback who plays at an elite level to play against Kansas City. If you don't have that guy, you have no shot. You're not. You're never winning. It's like when when Peyton Manning was with the Colts, or or obviously Brady in, for 20 years in New England. Right. If you don't have a quarterback, you're just not going to beat those guys. You're right. not. They're just going to hang banners every single year that they're healthy. And I look at the Raiders. Look, the Raiders. You can love their offseason, hate it, whatever. It doesn't matter. I could guarantee you Kansas City is looking at the, the Raiders and going, no, that's nice. We're 2-0 and because he's never beating Mahomes straight up one. He's just not going to happen. Yeah. So, now, look, I don't think he's going to go there. 
because they, they pay Mariota and cars there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, that ship is sailed. But if I were the Raiders, I would have taken a very, very long look at Cam Newton before I went and signed Mariota or, I, or I, we went to the draft and I couldn't trade their car anymore. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's kind of what I was thinking. Jared, you and I talked about it um, mm-hmm. before was the Chargers. I thought Cam Newton would have been a perfect spot for, for – uh, Cam Newton and the Chargers would have been a perfect match because they have Tyrod Taylor. You know what you're getting with Tyrod Taylor. He's going to be smart. He'll throw for 140 yards a game, and he won't turn the ball over. But you're going up against the Chiefs. You already have a great defense. I think the Chargers' defense is going to be really good if they can stay healthy. But Justin Herbert's a big question mark. Tyrod Taylor's, you know him. But you bring in a guy like Cam with the already stacked offense that they have. I mean, that division is going to be a lot of fun to watch anyway. But – I I don't I I just don't see anybody beating the Chiefs. Nobody I don't think anybody did anything good enough this offseason to, to topple the Chiefs yet. The the team that did the best was the Chargers because they got Limbaugh Joseph and Chris Harris on right. defense and just already added to that stack uh, team on that side of the ball. But yeah, you said it. Tyrod Taylor's going to be a guy who doesn't turn the ball over. But when you have a guy like Cam, yeah, there's going to be more mistakes, but there's also going to be more home run balls. There's going right. to be more plays that help you win games. Tyron Taylor doesn't necessarily help you win games. I think he's just more, a more athletic Trent Dilfer where he's just not going to screw it up too much. So, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Matt. No, I was going to say, look, I, I grew up a Chiefs fan, even though I grew up in New York. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I lived through all the years where the Broncos had L.A. and the Chiefs had Steve Bonner. Elvis Gerbach. Yeah. And, <laughs> It was like, yeah, great. Elvis Gerbach isn't going to throw a pick to kill us, but he's not going to make a big play, and Elway is going to at some point. And then he's going to have to make a big play to win it. That's the thing I think sometimes people forget with the game managers. Look, there's nothing wrong with – like, let's even say an Alex Smith. who's a good quarterback. But when you get into the bigger game, you play these really, really good teams. Those other teams, those great quarterbacks, the Bradys, the Mannings, the Roethlisbergers of the world, they're going to make a half dozen plays a game. Mm-hmm. where they convert a big third and nine, a big third and 12, where they turn what should be a field goal into a touchdown. And then that game manager is going to be forced to have to also match it and make some plays, and they can't. Yeah. And that, that's where you get like, – you know, look, I look at the AFC title game from last year. Tennessee was right in that game for a half. And then Mahomes made the, the scramble at the end of the half, comes out, makes a couple big throws early in the fourth quarter, and Tannehill just couldn't do it. Like, they, they were not equipped to do that. So – you know, I, I think with the Chargers, I agree with you guys. I think the Chargers are really talented. The problem is, is Tyrod going to be able to score 34 points in a game? It's just like I just – no. I've never seen him do it, so I don't have a no. reason to think he will. He won't, yeah. I promise you. I've had too many <laughs> – I've, I've watched too many seasons with him as a Buffalo Bill. I, you know what you're getting with him. He scored three against the Jaguars in a playoff game. That he did. Our first playoff game in 17 years, and he scored – he didn't even score Stephen Hauschka's foot did. He did it. That game was a crime. That game was a crime against football. That was one of the most fun I've had watching a football game ever. Blake Bortles passing for 88 yards and rushing for 89. I loved that game. It was so much fun to watch. Also, let let the record be shown. This is the second straight show that we've mentioned Elvis Gerbach. So that's a a feat in itself. (laughs) Thank you for Joe Hor. Thanks to Joe Hor again for for bringing him up last show. That that made my day. So (laughs) – we also have, uh, obviously, the schedule release that came out. Uh, we've known the opponents for each team for a while. Now we know the order in which uh, they're going to play them. Uh, was there a team schedule that stuck out to you as maybe being the reason may- they might take a step back? Like, personally for me, I think the Ravens, they're still going to be a playoff team. They're still going to be in contention for uh, the AFC North title. I, 
anybody saying they're going to go 14 and two again, I think is out of their mind. I don't think that, you know, you can replicate that sort of success unless you are a Brady and Belichick led team. I think right. they win, you know, around 10 or 11 games this year. Was there a team that stuck out to you in terms of their schedule? You know, there were a few. Look, I thought, I thought Denver's schedule stuck out to me in the sense. I, I think Denver's schedule is pretty hard. Um, mm-hmm. Now, part of that is just look. It's a pretty competitive division, so that's part of the deal. But you start looking at, you know, they come out of the gate. Okay, they're home against the Titans, which is a tough game Monday Night Football. But they're home, so maybe they win. Then a short week at Pittsburgh. That's not fun. Then they come home and they play Tampa. And, you know, look, now Tampa, it might be a little bit of a break in the sense that they might have a little bit of a chemistry issue at that point, especially depending on how the summer goes with the pandemic. But Drew Locke against Tom Brady, I'm taking Tom Brady in that game. Like, I just, I think they'll win. Then immediately you turn around and you have a four-day layoff and then you go play the Jets on, on Thursday Night Football all the way across the country. The next week you go all the way back across the country to play in New England. Uh, and then you get the Dolphins at home, then you get the Chiefs. So I think – that's a tough schedule. Like, if they, if they lose to Tennessee to start the year, th- that could be a snowball effect. I don't think they're beating Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. And then they come home, they get Tampa. That Tampa's going to be a problem for them. Like, Tampa – and I'll tell you one thing about Todd Bowles. He is going to blitz the daylights out of Drew Locke in that game. Yeah. They are going to be bringing six and seven guys all game and, th- and just daring Locke to beat him. Because Bowles is going to figure – I don't care if he beats me with three deep passes. We pick him off twice, we're going to win. Yeah. So I, I thought they had a tough slate, slate. And I thought the Browns actually had a pretty good schedule. The Browns do start at Baltimore, which is tough. But in the middle of the year, they're home for a month. They have a couple home games in a row. They have a bye week. And then their road game out of that is Jacksonville. So I, I thought, you know, they closed the year against Pittsburgh, but it's home. So that helps, you know, maybe Pittsburgh at that point. I think Pittsburgh's going to be pretty good. Maybe they have a playoff spot locked up. And Cleveland, if they're fighting for a spot, at least they're at home in that game. They don't have to go to Heinz Field. So, I, I thought for Cleveland, uh, not, a, not a bad schedule. Kurt, any thoughts from you and your Buffalo Bills schedule? You know, I saw, oh. I saw my, my playoff predictions. I have them winning the division still a 9-7, and seven, which you weren't happy with me about. Not, not too happy. I mean, obviously, 16-0, but that's not going to happen. Um, but I, I love the Bills schedule. I, I think, I mean, four primetime games, I don't think they've had that many since – 97, if I'm correct, we are always lucky if we get maybe one Thursday night football game against a nobody team. So very <laughs> happy with that. But I will tell you a team that I am kind of shocked got too many primetime games. That's the New England Patriots. New England Patriots have got, I believe, five primetime games. And who's going to be their quarterback, Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer? I mean, they have a good defense. They have a great defense still. It's probably going to be even better this year. But they're going to have to hold teams under three points to win games if they want to at all. And I don't know why they're going to be on primetime. Nobody's going to want to watch that. Well, we always have that every year where, like, obviously I get why maybe the Patriots would still have some because they're the Patriots. But the Giants are shoved down our throats primetime every year. For some reason, the Bears are on five primetime games a year. And I think we have that oversaturation of teams who are just in big markets or have been – successful historically that are just constantly just fed to us when the Giants haven't been relevant in a decade the Bears are so up and down and I think they're going to be bad again this year I think this is going to be the last year Trubisky is at the helm they already declined his option uh I give him maybe uh, maybe three weeks until Nick Foles is in I think they'll start with Trubisky he'll be on a short leash I don't get why we get the Bears in prime time a, a thousand times a year I don't get why we get the Giants in prime time 
a bunch. That that's something that annoys me. You brought up primetime games, and I just went on a, a little tangent. So I apologize for that. But it, now, now we get to see the fall, the official fall of the Patriots dynasty on primetime television on ESPN, and I'm gonna love every second of it. Here's the thing, Matt. I've brought something up to Kurt a few times in the past couple months, and he's praying to God that it doesn't happen. But I haven't gotten to talk to to you about uh, the draft since it happened, and. I was, one, convinced that the Patriots were going to trade up with the 49ers and take Jordan Love. That didn't happen. Nope. But now, I've seen Bill Belichick just stockpile draft picks. They're not going to be good this year. They didn't sign a quarterback for a reason because they want one in this upcoming draft. I'm not convinced whatsoever that he's not going to – let's say they finish with the eighth spot in the draft. They look at teams that are worse than them. I don't think the Giants are going to be good. The Bengals still aren't going to be very good. Um, teams that already have quarterbacks who won't be looking to get quarterbacks. If he just takes a bunch of picks, calls one of them and says, I will trade you the eighth pick and then half my draft if you give me pick three or five, whatever it is. And he ends up trying to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I think you have a tough time because I think Jacksonville is he's driving hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I got to tell you, New England's going to have a tough time getting ahead of Jacksonville. And I, and I like I have a lot of respect for the, the people in Jacksonville, but that is going to be that's going to be a tough road ahead. Like that team, that team clearly is just tanking the heck out of the season. Now, look, hey, everybody thought the Dolphins were doing it last year too, and the yeah. Dolphins ended up winning five of their last five games. Yeah. So you know, although Flores is a really good coach, in my opinion, I don't know yeah. that Marone is quite going to be able to to, to try, draw that out of Jacksonville. I think we've seen peak Doug Marone. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, he and if not for a bad call, it would have been the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If, if that call, if, if Miles Jack gets that fumble call the way he should have, they're in the Super Bowl. It's- I had uh, you guys know that Bortles Facts Twitter page. He came on a few years ago, and it was the year. It was like a few weeks after the AFC Championship game. The season had just ended, and he was still riding high, you know, off the season or whatever. And we made a bet that if they were to get to the Super Bowl, if they were to win the Super Bowl that he would come to Slippery Rock and he would watch me get Blake Bortles riding a goat tattooed on my lower back. <laughs> so, so luckily, luckily that didn't come to fruition and they yeah, won five really, games. You took a chance there. I, yeah, uh, I did. <laughs> now, you know, look, see, I don't think New England's going to tank. I, I think they're going to win like six no. games. But yeah. their, their defense and their coaching, like their defense is good. They did lose a few guys. Yeah, Their coaching staff is so great. They're going to win some games simply based off the fact they're just going to have coach people. They're going yeah. to manufacture wins because Belichick's a genius and they have a bunch of assistant coaches who are really smart. And let's face it, like, I think the Bills won that division with 10 or 11 wins, but I think the rest of that division, I mean, it is what it is. Like, New England, New England could sweep the Jets. I wouldn't even blink yeah. if New England did that. So the problem is going to be, I don't think they're going to be bad enough to get Fields and Lawrence. And, and even with all those picks, like, if Jacksonville finishes one or, one or two in the draft order, like, I don't care what New England offers him. They're taking one of those two quarterbacks. Yeah. I got, you know, but we also have to learn the lessons of the past. We are a year away from that. And right. teams are going to have injuries and falter. Teams are going to surprise. Look, everybody and their mother. I remember a couple of years ago with Brad Kaya at Miami. Good everybody Lord. thought he was going to be the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> and then he played like a quarter against Georgia. And you're like, oh, yeah, they're right. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> so, like, what happened? Look, Tua was going to be, you know, number one, number one, number one. Mm-hmm. And he got hurt. Yeah. Like so, and who the hell thought Joe Burrow was going to be a first round pick, let alone the consensus number one? So things nobody. 
That's you true. know, Kyler Murray, like nobody knew who Kyler Murray was before he, he went out yeah. and became the number one pick in the draft. So I think you look at it and you just say, hey, you know what? We have to wait and see. But I do think New England's up against it this year. I, I think they'll be somewhat competitive because the division's not great. Belichick's such a great coach. But when they play these really top-end teams, like, you know, they host Baltimore. They're at Arrowhead. Uh, I think I think at Buffalo, like, Buffalo's defense, they're not giving up more than 13 points against that. There's just – with Tom Brady, New England couldn't score. Mm-hmm. They're not going to score with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. <laughs> they're not. I, I don't see any argument – for hey yeah they're gonna they're gonna be better offensively no they're not they're, they're gonna be terrible because they were awful last year offensively right yeah and it's, they still don't have that many weapons on that offense either no. I mean Nikhil Harry nah I mean he wasn't a first round pick he shouldn't have been a first round pick at least from how he produced and it's just it's kind of mediocrity all around on that on that offense for the Patriots there's not, not to mention not to mention players. the fact that all of their defense is now either in Miami or Detroit yeah there's there. not one player on that offense that you say right. we have to stop him. Right. Yeah. I mean, Edelman's a good player, but Edelman's not the kind of guy who's going to destroy a game. Yeah. No. Without Brady, without Brady, he's not, he's not going to be the same Edelman, I don't think. Uh, there's, no, there's no Gronk on that team that you go, we got to stop him, whatever mm-hmm. it takes. We have to stop. I mean, like you play Tampa, you're looking at them and going, we got to stop Evans. We got to keep a guy over top of Godwin. You know, you play the Saints. It's Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. You, you know, there are certain guys, the Packers, even though they don't have a ton of weapons, you'll get Devontae Adams. Like, yeah. you need to stop him. You play the Pats, it's like, okay, great. Look, don't let Edelman beat us on third down. We'll double him. Other than that, who cares? We'll yeah. single up everybody. Let, go ahead, beat us. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you brought up the Jets, too, in that division because I've been praising the Jets for the past few weeks. And both of my uh, division predictions, I have them going either 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, somewhere around that range. I like the fact that they got Beckton and Mims. Finally get a legit number one. No disrespect to Robbie Anderson. He's more of a deep two where you can just throw up bombs to him down the field on a nine and hope for the best. I don't think he's a legit number one. I think Denzel Mims is a guy who's a number one. I think bringing in Frank Gore to compliment uh, Le'Veon Bell in the backfield was very good. They got him some some protection. They just signed Logan Ryan. I like the defense a lot. I'm pretty high on the Jets, and I feel like I'm very much alone in that boat. You are. You absolutely are. <laughs> you definitely I am, are. Uh, I, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll do my counter for you because um, okay. I, I like Denzel Mims. I do like him as a player. I liked him in the draft, but he's when we don't see rookies really rookie wide receivers come out here and just light it up right away. It's rare. I'm not rookie saying, first round receivers. Rookie first round receivers are the ones who tend to struggle when you get, get later get on. And they second round pick. That's that is correct. But I mean, even still, it's 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 rare to have a rookie wide receiver really just come in, light it up, be a number one wide receiver. Um, but they did bring in uh, Brashad Perriman, which I thought was a good pickup. But that offensive line besides Becton is kind of up in the air a little bit. Le'Veon Bell is going to be Le'Veon Bell. But other than that, I mean, Frank Gore is not going to get it done. I'm telling you, Frank Gore was involved last year. Oh, hey, I'm not year. saying Frank Gore is going to be a, a messiah. I'm saying that they have somebody who can spell Bell whenever he – needs it at least yeah. a guy who can give you you know eight to ten carries a game and not screw it up I mm-hmm. think that's what Frank Gore can give you and look defensively Jamal Adams is a freak Quinton Williams was regarded as the best player in the draft in 2018 or 27 was that 2019 right. I forget the year but when he went third overall I believe it was last year, last year yeah. third overall so um I, I like their front seven 
I think bringing in Logan Ryan as a number one corner could – the Tremaine Johnson thing was horrible, and I feel bad for the Jets because that was looked at as a really good signing when they did it, and then they just cut ties with him recently because it didn't work out. But now with Ryan as legit number one corner, hopefully that pans out with Jamal Adams as safety. I like their defense a lot more than I did last year. C.J. Mosley, hopefully he stays healthy this year. Um, and offensively, I mean, Sam Darnold, he was 7-6 and six as a starter last year. He dealt with mono, and when he came back from mono, he torched the Cowboys, which much to just made my heart mm-hmm. extremely happy. I can't even explain to you how much that, that made me happy. So you know how much I love Sam Darnold. You know how much I think he slept on 7-6 and six as a starter with that horrible roster last year and no protection. They give him some protection. They give him a, a solid core of receivers. Jameson Crowder still in the slot, one of the better slot receivers in the game. I like the Jets, and I think they're going to surprise some people. Okay, so I, I, have, uh, I have questions about the Jets. Um, <laughs> so last year, okay, they beat the Cowboys. They got to a huge start, and then they held on, right? Yeah. Then they get beat 33-0 by New England. They get blown Correct. out by Jacksonville. They get uh-huh. beat by a team in the Dolphins who at the time had no wins. Then they get hot. They beat the Giants, an awful team. The Redskins, a god-awful team. The Raiders, who at the end of the year couldn't have beaten Vanderbilt, an awful team. <laughs> they, they, they managed to lose 22-6 to to the Bengals, right? Then they come back. They beat the Dolphins. They get blown out by Baltimore. Okay, who doesn't? They beat the Steelers in a game that, that should have been blocked out on television. And then the Bills, uh, who, who were not playing hard in that game because they had already wrapped up. And we didn't, have, we didn't have our starters in. We had a wide receiver in as our number three corner, and Sam Darnold still could not hit his wide receivers. Yeah, I, I, look, I think the division's fairly wide. I think the Bills are, are clearly the best team in the division. I think the Bills' defense is phenomenal. I think McDermott's a really good head coach. I'm not quite as high on Josh Allen, but I'm not down on him either. Like, I think he improved a lot from year one to year two. Yeah, that is a fact, yeah. If he does that again, then I, like I think all the tools are there. I think like I spoke to Brandon Bean last year. I wrote a big article on fan sided uh, profiling him. I like I think Bean's a really smart guy, and he believes in Allen. So I, I get it. I understand why. If Allen's really good, like if Allen goes from being like to me what is average right now with glimpses of being really good, if he goes to being like a top twelve quarterback, they to me are the third best team in the AFC, and they're they are the one team that I think is ascending that could really challenge Kansas City or Baltimore in a year or two. I just think I need to see Allen do it more yep. because to beat Kansas City or Baltimore, he's going to have to play great football. There, the, only question, the only question I've had about Allen is like, I'm, Kurt, you can attest to this. I like Josh Allen. I defend Josh Allen. The only question I've ever had is his accuracy. He ranked right. bottom three, yeah. bottom five in the top three uh, accuracy categories this past year. Um, I love that they got Stephon Diggs. But how many times is he going to miss Stephon Diggs when he's open and has a step on his man before Stephon right. Diggs starts throwing a temper tantrum and then there's some, some, yep. some catastrophe in the locker room? I, I think, you know, with, with Allen, if he can just get like, – he doesn't have to be Drew Brees and complete 70% of his passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can he get to, like, 62%? Mm-hmm. If he can get to that, that's fine. Like, yeah. I, look, that's fine. That's not a problem because he's got a great arm and he's mobile as hell. Like, he's, he's fine. But to answer your question on the Jets, I just think the Jets, to me, I picked them to finish last in the division. I, I think there's some talent. The problem is, like, okay, so at receiver. Now, we did a whole rookie diary on Denzel Mims, coming, you know, his whole draft profile. I talked to him many times. Denzel Mims is a great guy. He's a great kid. I, I think he's really talented. In fact, the reason we did a draft profile on him was I was at the Senior Bowl, and I couldn't stop watching him. He was just dominating everybody he went against. 
So I love that pick. My, my problem with the Jets is twofold. Adam Gase scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Anytime Adam Gase is involved, That's I'm so very concerned. <laughs> There's no reason for me to believe Adam Gase is a good head coach. That's number one. Okay. Number two, who is around Sam Darnold that's making him better? Like, everyone always assumes that these first-round picks are automatic hits. I don't know if Mekhi Becton's any good. Yeah, exactly. Prove, prove to me that you're good. Right. I don't know anything about Mekhi. Oh, he's a, okay, he's big. That's great. I don't, that's fine <laughs> that he's big. Everybody in the damn NFL is big. Like, are you good? Yeah. We're going to find out because guess what? He's going to be going against some big-time pass rushers. Like, we're going to find out in a hurry if he's any good. Yeah. But beyond that, like – like I like I I am a huge Zed Zellman's fan, but like their receiving core right now, they got no like I there's nobody again. We talked about the Pats. Who do you go into that game against the Jets and go, man, we gotta stop that guy? Maybe kind of Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon did take a big dip when he came over from Pittsburgh. That is that is a fact. He yeah, did yeah. not produce nearly what was expected of him. The other problem, and I'll, I'll leave it with this. The other problem I have with them is like their pass rush is just non-existent. Mm-hmm. Who is hitting the quarterback? In the NFL, if you can't get home, you're done. I don't care. Like I don't care how good your corners are, which their corners are average anyway. But I don't care how good your corners are, how good you have coverage backers. If you can't get home with a four-man pressure in the NFL today, with the way the passing game is, you're going home. Yeah. I mean, you're a Steelers fan. You're like, look, you have T.J. Watt destroys the game. Mm-hmm. He destroys the game. He's in, he's in the backfield in two seconds. Like Bud Dupree <laughs> destroys the game. I mean, look, that's why these teams. You know, look, I, I said earlier at the top, like, I'm a, I grew up a Chiefs fan, and, and it still am, frankly. Like, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl because of Mahomes and that offense, and that's all fine. Frank Clark was a wrecking crew in the playoffs. Yeah. Frank Clark had five sacks in the playoffs. He was just dominant. Like, they, nobody could block him. He was a huge – him and Chris Jones were a massive reason they beat San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I think sometimes we, we tend to just look at the quarterbacks and skill position players, but – you know, there's just so much more. I just think the Jets need a lot more before they're they're going to challenge in the AFC. But who knows? Well, I will make note of that. And if I'm right, I will never stop waving my own flag. And if I'm wrong, we'll just pretend this conversation never happened. <laughs> so that's, that's what we'll do with that. So, okay. Matt, hey, mate, we appreciate your time. Good talking to you. I haven't talked to you in a bit. So, more than welcome to come on anytime. Hopefully, we talk soon. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Matt. All right, Matt. So, now, buddy. I told you beforehand that I had something for you, and that was a little bit of a quiz because I wanted to test your Buffalo Bills knowledge. Yes, we'll see. Is this the true test if I'm a fan? Uh, so there is – I think this will be at least your quarterback knowledge at least. So this is NFL starting quarterbacks. Can you name the quarterbacks who have started at least one game for the Bills since 1999? That you is the test. You want me to run through all the quarterbacks that have done I'm that? Gonna, I'm going to bring it up. Ooh, now I'm going to try to type as fast as you speak. I'm going to see has, how long this timer is. There has been a lot of them. Um, yeah, I know there has. That's why, that's why there's a whole quiz. Di- there's 19 of them. All right. you, got f- 19. you got four minutes. Let me pull this up. I'm going to put you down here. You can't really see me, but it's going to be easier for when I type. So as soon as I say go, I'm going to type, try to type as fast as you speak. Yep. So give me like three at a time, and then we'll go from there. So are you ready? I am ready. All right. Ready, set, go. All right, we got Tyrod Taylor, mm-hmm. Josh Allen, obviously, uh, Matt Barkley, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Give me a break. You need me to stop. All right, so I've got Tyrod Taylor, Josh Allen, Matt Barkley, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Of the quarterback uh, given me. Let's see. 
Joe Webster had a few starting snaps. Yes, he did. Um, Matt Castle had a starting snap. Oh, my Lord. How do you spell uh, Is it C-A-S-S-E-L, I believe? Yes, Matt I believe Castle. so. Um, All right, so. Okay, uh, we'll just go through E.J. Manuel. Um, Trent Edwards. Oh, goodness. J.P. Lossman. He's an animal. Brian Brom. Bra, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there's there. I'm gonna be digging up some deep names. Yeah, here. you really are. You really are. Um, okay, let me think. Wait, read read off the ones I've done so far. All right, so I've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, J.P. Lossman, Trent Edwards, Josh Allen, E.J. Manuel, Matt Barkley, Matt Castle, Brian Brom, Joe Webb. Okay. Um, Kelly Holcomb. Oh, good lord. Yes, sir. How do you spell Holcomb? H-O-L-C-O-M-B, I think. That sounds about right. Yeah, sure. Um, yep, he's in there. Drew Bledsoe. Yep, old Drew. Um, Alex, so you, Alex it gives Pye. us the years as well. So you're missing one from 99 to 2000. That Flutie? Doug? I think it was Flutie. I was thinking that. I didn't want to say it. Doug Flutie. How the hell do you spell Flutie? Is it just... U-T-I-E. Yep, yep, Doug Flutie. And then there's one 99 to 01. I feel like I know that one, too. Um, 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 don't tell me. Rob Johnson. Nah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it was Alex Rob Van Johnson. Did you, did you get Van Pelt, too? Alex Van Pelt. Uh, who the hell is Alex Van Pelt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put that name in there. I bet you it's in there. It was Alex Van Pelt, 99 to 2003. He started eight games. How many am I missing? You are missing one in 2014, one in 2013, one in 2018, one 27 through 18, and then one in 2013. Oh, man. Uh, you oh, got 254 Kyle, left. Kyle Orton, duh. Kyle Orton. Yes. Um, uh, Nathan Peterman, how could I forget? Of course, Nate Peterman. You can't forget old Petey. Um, okay, how many more do I need? I think four, three? Three more. Um, let me You've run. got one in 2013, 2018, and then 2013 again. Thad Lewis. Thad Lewis. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Man, I am digging these deep from my brain. Um, you got two and a half minutes to go. Oh, Derek Anderson started Monday Derek Anderson, football. and I believe you might have just completed it. Tell me. My All right, hold on. Computer's being slow. This is not good for podcasting. When the computer's Derek 12. Anderson started the Monday night football game against the Patriots. It was oh, all good Lord. Up. That's the one where they blew it with, like, the last two minutes left. Am I right on that? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we ever really were close, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, because it was when Josh Allen went down against Houston with an elbow injury. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think it was very close. I think we only scored, like, three points or something. But You're missing one more from 2013. Mm, okay, okay, okay. So I will be incredibly impressed if you get this. We have. I will tell you. Yes. Yes, you only have the one left. Okay, I said Nathan Peterman. You said Nathan Peterman. Um, I said Thad Lewis, Matt Castle. Wait, do you see the name? I see the name. Is it like an actual quarterback, or was it somebody that like? It, I, it was an actual quarterback. Okay, right. I don't know if it was like a wildcat or something that counted. Uh -uh. Um. At least I believe he was an actual quarterback. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm 2013, you said? 2013. Jeff Tool. Jeff Tool, that is the correct answer. Tool time, baby. Jeff Tool. Did I just get all 19 starting? You got quarterbacks? all 19 quarterbacks who have ever wow. started a game for the Bills between 1999 and now. Holy moly. 19 quarterbacks. Yeah, you wouldn't, know the pain. you wouldn't know the pain of that. Oh, how many have started for the Steelers since 99? Cordell Stewart, Tommy Maddox, Ben, obviously. Byron Leftwich, Dennis Dixon, Mason Rudolph, Doug Hodges. Um, Brian St. Pierre might have started a game somewhere in there. Charlie Batch. So you um, you got a good amount, but not 19. It's not 19. I know that for a fact. It's probably around, like, between 8 and 11. I feel maybe, like I'm missing one. Maybe in a couple episodes we'll have to do the Cleveland Browns starting quarterbacks. Now that will be fun. I'm okay with doing that. All right, I believe there. Next episode, you got it. You heard it here first. We will do that starting quarterbacks for the. Bills. I'm perfectly fine with that, and I think there's 25 of them around now, somewhere around there. That'll be an exciting one. So, <laughs> I think we can make this like an annual thing. Where if throughout quarantine, we'll just do a quiz and see like how it. smart we are. I like it. I, well, hopefully, uh, quarantine is ended here soon. Uh, that's true. We do have NASCAR this weekend, though. We have yeah, we do got NASCAR, and this is going to be the first NASCAR race I've watched since I was probably, I don't know, like nine. Yeah, I, I agreed. I think I'm about the same same boat as you. But uh, Arizona's allowing professional sports, so, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities there for basketball, well, for baseball. Hopefully we get something resolved here. I know that Adam Silver said that he wanted to make a decision within the next two to four weeks on the NBA. And apparently baseball has really got the ball rolling. They're pretty convinced they're going to have baseball one way or the other let's hope so i just need something something to yeah pass i mean i can watch you know korean baseball if only it wasn't on at five in the morning which <laughs> is really just made it difficult as much as i miss sports i don't want to wake up and at five in the morning and watch korean baseball no offense to them but I'd, i'm just not feeling that but <laughs> yeah i will say this though the past few weeks maybe even the past is like week and a half or two weeks things have felt like they are getting better I yeah. we're making progress it seems that multiple states are starting to reopen some stuff i know that florida's talking about it you know arizona's opening um businesses and allowing pro sports to uh continue starting on saturday so we're, there's progress that's being made for sure and it, i think that i mean fingers crossed knock on wood i think we've seen the peak and now we're starting to slowly but surely just get things back and running let's hope so because they're saying once everything opens up there's supposed to be a second wave so we that's are, what i'm hearing too and that makes me really hesitant that yeah so i mean all we can really do is hope and uh just go forward with the best of intentions and just hope for the best and wear your masks too and watch and it. wear your masks yes do that as well and don't under any circumstance, go in front of a gym and protest while doing gym workouts because you're only proving the point that you don't need a gym to work out. You, uh, so, so many words I want to say right now, but I'm pretty sure we are PG rated and I cannot. <laughs> save so, it for Twitter, my friend. Save it for Twitter is what I will do. Which, by the way, where can they find you on Twitter? Wow, what a transition. You can find me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. I feel like I need to make that shorter so it's easier to find. But what do you Yeah. Think? See, I recently changed mine yeah, and it sounds yeah. really professional. I really well, like it. Then, my friend. You can find me Jay Bailey NFL 
Um, and I guess I'm going to be tweeting about NASCAR on Saturday. So we've got that going for us. NASCAR and Korean baseball. Follow us for all the goodies. The DC Dynamos winning another one in extras this past day. So good for them. They are really just taking the Korean baseball league by storm. <laughs> but we will be back for the next episode where we break down the 20-whatever Cleveland Browns starting quarterback. So uh, be here for that. Stay tuned with us on Twitter. Hopefully we got some bigger names on the way, maybe some surprises on the way for guests. So uh, thank you to Matt for being our guest today. It was a great show. He's got some great insight. And uh, he doesn't like the Jets, so I like that. <laughs> yes, thank you to Matt, as always. He's always a good guest. So, yeah, we're going to do some more reaching out, I suppose, as quarantine continues, because what better time do pro athletes have than to talk to us? Exactly, exactly. So we'll be doing that. And uh, within the next, oh, I don't know, week or so, uh, maybe in the next few days, we'll, we'll be back with another edition of Laces Out. But until then, as always, thanks for listening. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homister with you. This is Laces Out. Thank you for tuning in. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.